And they telling me keep searching In the middle of these bars I'm trying to find my purpose Can't cover up these scars I let you see that we hurting It's the corner of my soul That's telling me it's all worth it Nah Dead bodies they keep hunting me 25 years old That's all I wanna see But they be thinking about harming me I'm just searching for Tay's harmony Somewhere in America My two feet are Nike shoelaced on jaded Sidewalks of crisscross rhythm with proverbs, scriptures, and psalms of y'all hand printed on my heart. It's patterned to the blues that jazz and ain't t shoes. Here, we overstep last night's news of blood spills with life at its earliest years slips. In cracks and pits of ghetto bellies, hunger, cling to ribcage, ribcage, fifth and chesty liquor, swallow, Hennessy tears dropped on vacant lots, maybe. A rose or two will grow from this asphalt, but slanted. Clips, petals, crimson dip, cause when thugs cry, bloodshed, yeah, these streets should do that to you. You'll be somewhere in America, a folded wide in the pockets of court cases when white men in black gowns gavel, racist sightings in silence, you sit there. Clenched teeth, seat with grief and cry. When 12 strangers, all who favor disciples, a white guy, hang niggas with a life sentence. With prideful stares that tap dance a glance from the abyss of a blue eyed sea. See, I see y'all see me as a life sentence. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, you do. That's what I heard. That's what I heard. That's what I heard. I heard my skin, this nose, my sis, my bros. You count as your foes. A byword, a byword, a byword like black. Welcome, welcome, everybody. Welcome. This is Sharon Smith, and this is Iambic Poetry Podcast. And I got here today, not only a poet, but a writer, actor, activist. I mean, he's got the gamut. He's even gone poet laureate in Richmond. I'd like to give y'all Mr. Don, Bl- Don Black himself, Dante Clark. What up? Hey, man, what's happening? <laughs> <laughs> what up, man? Man, thanks for coming out. I mean, it's, it's been a while since we've seen each other. I mean, last time, uh, the t- first time we met each other was over in the Crocker, the Crocker Museum over in um, Sacramento. I think that was 2017 or 18. I think it was oh, 18. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and brought by Ronnie. And man, you tore, you, you tore it up on that one. I was like, I was like, Ronnie Promio said, yeah, I'm, I'm bringing in this poet. And I'm like, okay. And she busted out the movie, uh, Romeo's Bleeding. Say, we got, you got to watch this before I bring this poet, just to, so you understand what I'm bringing. I'm like, okay. <laughs> and sure enough, man, that's, that's, that's been my start off for you. I mean, that was my start of knowing you. So, and then even talking to you and stuff, chopping it up, we were, and seeing you do your thing, I was just like, well, he's, he's, he's growing. And then next, you know, I mean, from that's three, that's three years from now. I mean, it's like, what have you been going through? <laughs> 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 you yeah. some stuff. You've been getting some tough one, but no, yeah. Um, thanks for coming out, man. But yeah, I just want to know a little bit more about what's going on. How, how you been, man? I mean, you got a new book out. You got, I mean, you got, you, you've been working. Yeah, yeah, uh, <laughs> a, a little bit. Uh, so, so the first book I had put out, um, it's no called, freedom. It's called yeah, no freedom. I had put that out like, like October two thousand and eighteen, um, going into twenty nineteen, uh, and that was my first time putting out a collection of poetry as an individual. Like I've been a part of a collective called Raw Talent, uh, which I co-founded back in two thousand and eight. I was eighteen, um, working with some youngsters that was a few years younger than me. 
Uh, we just came together writing poetry, um, just providing a space for them. Cause I feel like when I was a youngster and when I was going through the things that I was going through, um, I don't, I don't know if I really had too many people identify like, oh, he likes to be alone and he likes to write. Or instead of trying to lecture him, why don't we give him a writing prompt and allow him to write down his thoughts and then share that with us? You feel me? So me knowing that at 18, like, what if I can provide a space for these youngsters to talk about their problems? You feel me? So from then, I was writing a lot of poetry and I was putting it out through that way. So I have a lot of poetry um, experience with that. But as a as my own individual self no freedom in 2018 was my first time putting out something um and then i just dropped the my latest collection um called closed caskets i had released that last year in february and uh that was a a leap of faith again to just believe in myself and just to know like um you don't have to have some big budget to just write your thoughts down put it out there and connect with the people like that individually so that was a a very trying time for me as well to get more personal and just tell more stories and not just like uh political poems but like uh personal you know interactions i had with my grandmother or my sister the things that i did wrong to my younger sister and stuff like that so that's what's in closed caskets you know in between time i just been kind of like you know just trying to study the craft a little bit more you definitely been. I mean, because I mean, not only not only has you know knowing being involved with Russell Simmons during that time when he basically came around and then taking you everywhere from sway to sway in the morning to other places and stuff and even even all deaf. Uh, you you've also become an actor and also a writer in a lot mm-hmm. of the play, a lot of the um, performances that you've um, been into and stuff. I mean, if they didn't bring you as a poet, they brought you as an actual ca- a, a character in the movie or in the in the show. So I've been like, oh, shoot. Um, just uh, like the last one I just, the one I saw last right now, I know you have no one called Blackness is Everything coming out, but, or it came out, but I, was, I saw you in the North Pole, the YouTube special and stuff. And I was like, Oh, that boy has a, that boy has a comic side. <laughs> yeah, you know um, yeah, man. Shout out to uh to my folks uh part of the North Pole show. Like that was a, a alley oop opportunity, you feel me? Um, I think a lot of the times me growing up naturally, I don't do a lot of talking in like public spaces, like in a small and small group setting, I can talk. But like when it's a large group, uh sometimes I'll be nervous, sometimes I'll be um anxious, or sometimes I just don't have really much to say, and I'm just watching my surroundings and i don't know if that's like part of my side of paranoia of not trusting the people i'm around or another part is just like being infatuated with just watching people and just looking at body language and just studying how people interact with each other and paying attention to what's being said and what's not being said so a lot of the times people would see me and assume that i was unapproachable you know what i mean so it's like especially when i start writing poetry it came off very like animated and aggressive or, or came off very like deep. So they was like, he's either upset all the time or in very deep thought. So I don't really want to bother him. But with, with the North Pole show, um, they took a chance with me and just like, man, I want to see if he can, you know, step into a more comedic role. And I'm like, bro, I, I could, I could do comedy. You know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> I, I could do that because certain things that I may find funny, 
Um, you may not find funny, but I know some things that's out there that certain people like to watch. Like my brother had told me, like, you got this dry sense of humor as well, kind of like Eddie Murphy, where it's like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like you do little things in your ad-libs. We can't tell if you serious or not, but it, it worked on camera. And I was like, dang, that's crazy. Cause growing up, I loved Eddie Murphy. You feel me? So it's like not even really realizing that that aspect of comedy now it became more intentional so yeah the north pole show was definitely a dope opportunity to be a part of it. yes you did you did embellish you did embody marcus very well <laughs> and bring him out to the with your with your comical standpoints and then just your your, your constant sway like what it's yeah, like yeah, really yeah. no, your just your looks and person your personal looks and stuff. I was I was always enamored by because just looking at that show, I was like, oh okay, I can see where he's going with this, and I can and um I saw that you also did some writing on it too. So uh, I seen um IDM, IMDb says one episode, but I think you did more than just that, right? And oh, uh, man, okay. I didn't even know they had said that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, it was like it was kind of like. We so the first episode, the first season of the North Pole, I was it was already written. Um, and whoever was a part of that writing process, shout out to them. But it was already written, and I was just casted as a as an actor, one of the main characters. And then by the time they start talking about season two, it was more so like, can would you, me, and um, Raina, who was also uh, the lead character in the North Pole. Right. Um, we was asked to come on as part of the writing team, so we met with um, Josh Healy who was uh, kind of like the orchestra uh, of the whole project. And then we met with uh, Yvonne, who was the director, the visionary of it. Um, and then me and Raina came in as she's a comic as well um, and a writer. So she came in with the comic um, side and I'm a storyteller, a poet. And I was coming in from a more like I look at myself as like the, the one that can be uh, very spiritual and very grounded at the same time. So a lot of things could be funny, but I'm like, where's the heart in the story? Where's the heart and where's the moments that 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 make you think deeper than just what's on the surface type stuff? So we came was a part of the, the, the storyboarding of season two. And each of us was all in charge of a particular episode to write. So it's like, we all contribute to the arc and the story arc and the character development and then it was like all right well yvonne gonna take episode one the opening uh those three scenes you could take episode five you take four so four was mine you feel me and um and, and it's dope because a lot of people say that episode four was their favorite one and so that was just cool even though a lot of my ideas may not have been um used for that particular episode but i saw a lot of my ideas from that episode stay and transfer over to other episodes you feel me okay. and so just like seeing certain things up in there just being like knowing that you have an idea and then you put it out there and it worked and then you have certain people be like bro that was my favorite that was my favorite one it's like ah yeah <laughs> even, if, even if i didn't have the overall say so of what went where just like you feel me right I, my episode was the favorite one you know what i'm saying so, definitely like, yeah that, that that's definitely dope too most definitely but so being that you've gone to you so this is i'm like kind of looking to the arc of everything and stuff and i've no so being that you've um done no freedom and then if and then now you got closed casket. You were saying that you were lucky. 
what would that part of the do you mean by lucky? Do you just do? I know you said there's a lot of personal stuff that you had to bring in from there, whereas people only see maybe the political side and some of the other the 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 parts of the destruction of not only the not only the um, black people but also where where they're at or where they're going to or where where um, racism has changed its course or even how violence has changed its course. What do you what do you see from no freedom to close caste that just that change your perception of okay i need i need to go in this direction um i say for me um when i was when i was in high school and i when i started really writing poetry and i was like wow i was a part of an after school program and uh it was supposed to be uh not supposed to be it's a college-based program Right. And so I didn't think that I was going to go to college. So writing was was the part of me that was like, ah, even if I don't go to college for writing, as long as I have good writing, I'm always going to have an opportunity to 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 uh, take care of myself. You feel me? Whether that's script writing, music, whether that's uh, articles, whatever. So no freedom was really talking about my journey from when I was hurting individually as a 17 year old kid, 14, 15, 16, 17, I started writing poetry all the way up until I became more conscious about who I am as a, as a young man, as a black man, as an African, as an Aborigine, whatever you want to call it, spiritual side. So no freedom was me talking about the first uh, section was like personal pain, personal trauma. Uh, the second section was about community pain, community trauma. And the third section was like, and a history of that pain and of that trauma. And then the fourth section of that book was talking about, how to heal from that pain and that trauma in the fifth section was like i'm almost there so that's what no freedom um talks about in those five sections like it went from personal community to past back to present now let's look at the future closed caskets came about um during the time when the world has shut down you know what i'm saying we got c19 going on uh it's a lot of uh, jobs to stop everybody's at a halt and during that time it was like I had the opportunity to uh, go right before everything had shut down. I had an opportunity to go to um, Michigan. Dang, I, I keep messing up this, this, uh, I'm gonna call it the lynching museum. Oh, you went there. Okay. The one in yeah. New Orleans. Yeah. No, I said Alabama. Alabama. Okay. Yeah. So I had an opportunity to go to this museum and look at, you feel me? All of the names and all of the stories of, of black folks that's been lynched in this country. You feel me? Um, that's like March 3rd, March 3rd through March 6th. And that was like infuriating. And then like the next week, you feel me? Um, everything has stopped and slowed down. So during that time, I had some time to decompress and process what what I was experiencing. And then, you know, the riots and then you got or not the riots, but like these uproars of folks responding to, you know, George Floyd and, and, and um and all of these other Brianna Taylor, et cetera. So now so I just went to this museum about lynching. Um, I'm working in the high school with these kids and little white kids coming to school on, on Halloween, dressed up as the Ku Klux Klan. Uh, you got you got uh, uh, black kids being called the N word at the school and they responded to that. So I'm going to different high schools trying to help uh, the black student union. And then I go to the lynch museum and then it's C-19 and then you got all of these shootings. So I was 
close all of that to say closed caskets for me came out of a state of rage yeah i mean i dropped no freedom and it's like man i'm trying to get to a more spiritual place and like yes bad things happen to us but we can't live our lives with these scars we got to get to a place of ascension and during this time i'm like i can't really ascend if i'm if i'm carrying all of this baggage all of this all of this anger about what's going on to my people but it's like i can't really address white people and other nationalities on how they treat us when my brothers is killing my brothers you know what i'm saying so close caskets is like i have to process the the paranoia the pain the anger i have about myself and my people you feel me and i can't i can't point my finger at my brother for gang banging when i when i treated my younger sister you feel me really bad or i you know what i'm saying like so it was kind of like a I gotta I gotta close these chapters in my life where it's like I feel guilty or I feel regret or I'm holding myself hostage because of the, the wrong that I've done or the wrong that's been done to me. And it's just like, man, bro, you gotta face these demons. You feel me? You gotta you gotta address that. So for me, uh, I can't remember exactly what your question was, but that leak was like <laughs> no freedom was saying, like, I want to get to a place where I myself and my community can know what freedom is, but we can't do that until we bury the skeletons. You know what I'm saying? And so that's what, and that's what closed caskets is and was about for me. Okay. No, that, that, that's, that's pretty deep. Now, my, my, no, my question, you actually answered it. I was just mostly wondering how the interval of, from no freedom to killers cats and what was going on in that time. And you've, you've, you've explained it beautifully. Uh, wow. Yeah. The, yeah. I've heard, I've heard a few people tell me about the, the Lynch museum and the names and even the current one's been put on. I was just like, how can y'all even go over there and check that crap out? But they, they don't, they don't say it. So I, I get it. I get it. Yeah, it's, it's powerful because it's like, it's, it happens like the, it's, it's, how can I explain it? It's, it's an eerie feeling, um, but I say this, like being in California, being in Richmond, California, we not faced with the history of what happened to our folks. And if we don't talk to our elders, which a lot of us don't, we don't know what took place and what made them come from the South all the way to the West Coast. All we know is I was born in Oakland. I was born in Richmond, born in San Francisco, Berkeley, whatever. This is where I'm from. And this is that you feel me? I know I got some cousins or whatever in the South, but we don't really take family road trips like back in the day in the summer. You got to go back to, to the South and spend spend time with grandma, Aunt Lucy. Now, we don't have that. We just stay here. So I feel like any opportunity you get to go to the South where a lot of this history took place. It's like, man, that's that's the motherland. So when you go there. And yeah, sometimes, you know, it is traumatizing. You feel me? But it's like, it's a reminder when I can walk up into this room and look and be like, dang, on this street, this is where the ships came in at. Then a hundred yards, this is where they was housed under this building for hours or days. And then up the street is where they were sold. And then right down the street is the state capital steps where they was hung, burned or lynched. And you get to walk through this neighborhood and just be like, dang, this is where it happened at. You feel me? And go into a museum and see people's faces and see their names and, and see their stories. Uh, some are still missing. Some 
you feel me? It, it, it makes you appreciate like, wow, this is what they've done. So when you're going over there and, and, and certain people say like, you know, we've come a long way. And I just be like, have we? Like, yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, you only saying that because you don't really know the history of what, what happened just yesterday. Like yeah. somebody was just exonerated from a crime that they didn't commit yesterday. You feel me? And I'm right. this, but that happened in the eighties, in the sixties, in the seventies. Right. So if I don't go there, if you don't go there, like that, that history, it, it make it make your day to day presence be like, um, you know, everything is cool. You feel right. me? So that's what that was for me. Yeah, I went. Over, I went my first time going to New York. I actually found the the slave trade area in New York right next to wall street. And I ain't gonna lie. I was, I was a little, I had to walk, I had to walk a few times, just go just, just, just one little sign. That's it. That's all you're going to play for us. Yeah. That's it. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Wall street. We see where your money's coming from, <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's, it's a trip. You, 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 you'll take a corridor and stuff, but then you'll find it. And you'd be just like, you just look around and just say, no one else is seeing this. Yeah. No, no one else has seen this as a big thing, but yeah, it's a, it's a reminder. It is a reminder. And yeah, I've, like I said, I heard stories about the Lynch museum and just going down that steps and then looking up and seeing the names just being crossed. I'd be like, dang, I think I, I think I true. I think I truly be tripping. Um, yeah. So, so no. So one thing, so one thing is always asked, I've always asked people and stuff. And I've, I talked to a few, we have a couple of poor lawyers that I've talked to here and stuff. How is it being a poet laureate? I mean, I know you had th- uh, two other people, two other um, constituents with you, all being poet laureates of Richmond. But how is it? Were you just basically um, representing the, just representing your side of Richmond, or was it all together a collective? Um, I think ideally it's supposed to be like the reason why they had picked us three probably <laughs> was because I don't know, but I, I only assumed <laughs> it was like, all right, we have this position for poet laureate in Richmond um, is relatively new. I think it was only one other person that was poet laureate before we even was entered into it. Right. Uh, so we don't have a long history of poet laureate. It's kind of like a new program for real. So at that time, um, it was like, you know, I guess you, it's kind of like an audition. You right. send right. Your, your resume, your name uh, to the art commission. Then you come and you perform one or two or a couple of pieces of your poetry and if they feel like yo what you represent and what you presented was was worthy enough to be a representative of the city that was that they picked they said they couldn't decide so they picked three of us and i really didn't care to be poor lawyer just to be for real at that time um i guess i'm a i'm a hard i mean everybody say this about themselves they're a hard critic but I, i look at myself in a I guess I have a certain level of expectation. You know what I'm saying? I have a, I have a certain goal. And me looking at it like this, like if I was in LA County, right? And it's a it's a long history of at least like 50 poet laureates. I would feel like in that type of county where it's millions of people, I would feel an honor if it's like, damn, if I go submit to be poet laureate and I got it, I feel like I won something. Right. You know what I mean? Richmond is like it's a small city. It was probably like let's say it was like 15 people going for poor laureate. Half of them was my students that I was coaching for the audition. So it was like it's a new program. Half the people I'm going up against, I'm teaching them. So 
I didn't really care if I got it or not. It was it was other older people in my ear like you should go do it because the position held hold such prestige. And I'm like, all right, I do it. I didn't really care if I got it or didn't at that time for Richmond mm-hmm. because I felt like where I come from, it wasn't really. I didn't know nobody who wrote poetry anyway, so I already felt like. Once I learned what a poet laureate is, I'm like, I'm already poet laureate. So you can't really get that to me. You know what I'm saying? I feel like I've already been doing it. Like this program, raw talent wouldn't exist if I wasn't already doing it. So I'm already doing, I'm already going into the schools. We already putting on shows. I'm already you, you know, counseling the youth and popping up at pop. I'm already doing that on behalf of my part. So when they made three of us poet laureate, I was like, all right, cool. So I guess it represented like, uh, uh Lincoln Berman, that's my that's you know, good brother. He represent an older um crowd. He you know he's been doing poetry, he's been around since the 50s and 60s. He know all of, that's the history. Um, so that's that. You got uh Brendan Quintanilla, she's a younger uh Latinx community, you feel me? So she could represent to that crowd, and then you got Dante, you know, the brother right there who could represent for the blacks for the for the for the past, the present, the future, the streets. So I looked at it like, all right, boom, we all represent. A majority of what Richmond constituents look like. So cool. So for, for that position, it was kind of like really just Dante, just keep doing what you're doing. Because right. at that time we would, you know, the documentary had just, you know, start doc the documentary Romeo's Bleeding, what I which I was a part of, was starting to do film circuits. Um, so I'm out of town traveling with the film. I'm working full time at the Rise Youth Center doing music art programs. We putting on plays. I'm doing my own poetry. Uh, so it was like I was telling them, like, I don't really have much time to go out into the, the, the larger community and orchestrate how y'all may want me to. So I'm gonna resign. But they was like, okay. man, you what you already you already doing what a poet laureate would be expected to do. And I guess that's pretty much like just represent for the city and advocate for poetry you know what i'm saying that's pretty much what you is you just an ambassador of poetry so you going to you know what i'm saying city councils you going to you you have to be responsible for orchestrating some type of event or a collection of poetry um popping up at at, at book readings and right. stuff like that and it's like we already doing that you know what i mean <laughs> i don't have time to be now trying to do it for the for the larger yeah crowd. so they're like you already doing it so lincoln and brenda kind of was doing a lot of stuff too so i guess somebody else may have a different experience um if i was to do poet laureate now i think i would approach it way differently than i was then okay i would approach it way differently so i, I assume my responsibilities would be way different right now somebody to talk me into applying for poet laureate of california oh nice um, it's um, been a while that, yeah you feel me so that's that's a, that's one of those like that's all of california california right. big so i don't i don't know what that i assume that that experience is gonna be way way different you feel me because you, right. you you talking about the whole state of california and i don't know how far like I like the opportunity of what I can construct as a program, as a as a a poetry tour of some sort, going into high schools, getting certain things done, and and bringing like that's a big opportunity. So something like California, I submitted. You feel me? So if I got picked, I would feel like I was meant to be picked for real. There you go. And not by default of like, well, it's only eighty y'all, and 
you the best one, but we don't want the youngster to feel bad, so we're going to make them a part of it, too. You know what I mean? If I get to California, I feel like, oh, I'm supposed to do this, so I'm going to get this my all. You feel me? There you go. Yeah, oh, shoot. I mean, I don't know. I, I think the office, I think it's obviously even in San Francisco or in Sacramento. I, I forgot where the office is at and for the poor laureate's office themselves. But yeah, you'd be close by anyway. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, that'd be, yeah, that'd be cool. <laughs> but hey, hey. no doubt. But no, no. So being that you don't, like you said, you're doing diligently, going at it for from the poet lawyer perspective of the ambassador. I mean, you've been ambassador for shoot, man, a long time coming. Even yeah. you've 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 gone in beyond raw talent's power, and they're still going that strong. I mean, my thing is, I'm going to say like this. Where does the where do you see right now, or what do you expect you want your future of Dante Clark to go? I mean, you've already done you're doing the movies already now, you're already doing the writing. You where where's the next? I mean, you got the books going. I mean, what's the next, what's the next thing you want Dante Clark to be in now? Poli- politics, uh, music, entertainment. What where's where you see it? I, I, I want my art to impact every aspect of, of black civilization mm. you know what i mean so i want to i want to have i want my art to have an impact on the, on the spiritual practices of black people i want my art to have an impact on um um, um politics and when we talk about politics i'm just talking about like how we govern ourselves right. as a community so like you know if we're talking about defunding the police are we talking about funding uh, other programs in our community that where we can govern ourselves so we don't have to worry about police who have no right being in our communities governing us. Then how can I how can I establish some type of uh, peace mediation or some type of private something to where it's like we got our own people working conflict mediating in our community? So to me, that's a political move without me going to the police department. It's like, man, how can we how can we start and fund our own? You feel me? And I feel like that come with really from the art. You got to be an artist with a vision to imagine what a world could be like and then articulate it in a way. That's a spoken word poet. You may call it a preacher or you may call it a, a good politician, but if you can put together a good story and you can make a person see it in their head and then believe it in their heart, then that's, that, that's art right there. So I want to be able to write film that that looked like that. Just imagine if we had a film or a video of a Wakanda in here in the Bay Area and people can actually see like, damn, that's what Oakland or Richmond could look like. That's McDonald Avenue. But they got black owned businesses all through San Pablo instead of what it used to be. It's now we see a reflection of what a black city of Richmond could look like if you did that through film. That will inspire and spark the minds of those who are in certain positions of power. You feel me? So as I see myself as an artist, I feel like I, I've done I've, I, I did. I, you know, I was a part of a cool few projects, but I don't feel like I've done enough mm-hmm. for me to feel fulfilled because I got so many different ideas. And it's a shame that the world ain't, ain't, ain't experienced it yet. So I feel like I'm doing myself in the community of this service if I if I keep sitting on these ideas. So when you ask like, where do I see myself as an artist? I see my art like having an impact in, in laying out a poetic blueprint of like, man, what this could really look and feel like. 
on a day-to-day basis from the food that we eat to the clothes that we wear to the music that we listen to to the film that we watch to the news that we report or who is reporting the news you know what i mean like uh uh to 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 the buildings that we create to the to bookstores um to lounges to uh to just having um a, a black bookstore a library in, in the heart of the community um just like education what are we being actually taught um homeschooling uh having uh summer camps for the kids and for the elders i want to be able to orchestrate a, a a civil rights um tour you feel me where anybody in the city of richmond if you're a resident in the city of richmond and you want to go with us back to the south and you want to go and explore some of these things boom we paying for it all you got to do is sign up be a part of this particular uh program and then we taking you on a free trip to the south so you can go experience some things you feel me i want to i want my art to to speak it visualize it and then eventually fund a lot of these ideas that literally would impact like everything about our lives. You feel me? Everything. Everything. When I say everything, I mean everything. You feel me? But I, I, I'm not saying that to say like I want to. St- I want to be no leader. I'm not saying <laughs> that to say like I want to be some type of cult. Uh, have a cult following. I'm just saying like based off of certain principles of like what does it look like to have our own and to to love our own. And to be in control of our own, what does that look like? Um, and what is my role in my position? Well, I'm an artist. If I speak, people can listen. If I can paint it, if I can put the words together and people can see it, then everybody who's in a position can 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 take take part in that. So I, I just want to see myself like putting out so much, so many different ideas to where it's like. You you think it, you speak it, you believe it, and it and it manifests, you know. Y'all willing, the most high willing, you know what I'm saying? Like there you go. I, I want I want I want I and, and, and I want all of that also to lead me to being acceptable in the eyes of God. You feel me? Cause some cause some things is like what you do is cool here on earth, but if if it if it don't got no currency with love in it then don't none of this matter. You feel me? Like, you know what I'm saying? You could like, we, we see that all the time. You can build something beautiful, but then the next generation, if they not, if they not going to respect it, it can be tore down. You feel me? So I could spend my whole life trying to build something. And then the next generation don't, don't care two farts about it. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Sell the building. Don't upkeep it, vandalize it. So that's why I try not to even get attached with physical things. But I'm just saying, while I'm here, what I want to do is put out the message. So whatever y'all do when I leave, that's not my business. You know what I'm saying? I want to put out the imagery and the music and the in the in the poetry, the books. I want to try to open up as much space as possible so we can govern ourselves. And then when I leave, hopefully my con- contribution is acceptable to the most high. You know what I'm saying? That's it. <laughs> and I just want to say. Uh, happy birthday and you had a birthday a while ago just want to say happy birthday to you and stuff man. i know we i i gave you a little text but i, I want to say in front of you in person so, mm-hmm. so um i always have this question that i always bring to all my all my poets and stuff so in in po- in the poetry community there are page poets people um, people that write literature books and stuff and and in anthologies and then there's stage poets people that are on the stage doing cds on performances and stuff and 
we've always had two sides of a coin because we always had either stage poets or page poets. And even though there's always been a clashing, I always wanted to ask people, Dante Clark, do you see yourself, do you see yourself more in the stage poet, a page poet, or both? Um, I would say, if you ask me, I say I started off as a a stage poet um, because I ain't really, I didn't go through poetry in a traditional setting. I didn't really have nobody teaching me like how to write and structure and all of that. So coming from rapping, which I found out was a form of poetry. You just put it at a, it's, it's a different form of poetry. So. Form. So I approached my poetry, like write it, memorize it, and then say it in a way that people could feel it. Right. Once I was, I learned that it's a, like what you write and present on the stage don't translate on the page as as intriguing because you're writing with the intention to perform it. But if no one is watching you and they have to read it, it may not be as powerful. Right. And then you have those that I'm reading on the page. It's like it may look and sound good on a page, but if you don't know how to present it out loud, it becomes cliche and boring. And so. I've been trying to like, all right, I know how to perform a poem. Now I'm trying to figure out how to construct and write the poem to look and sound good on the page. And then it's like, okay, now that I have this on the page. I will do on the stage and combine the two. And I think that's what that was. I feel like no freedom for me was a lot of my stage poems that I put in a book. And then I start trying to write page poems. Close Caskets is a lot of page poems. It's a lot of me trying to get comfortable with this don't have to leave the page. So if, if you never perform this, how can a person read this and feel exactly what you are trying to communicate if they heard you? And so I've been trying to experiment with like how to just write stories and make it look and sound compelling on the page. And if I ever chose to read it out loud, I don't have to worry about performing it so much as more so just communicating the essence of what's there. Um, But I'm really just been practicing of like, I want to combine the two. I I want what I write on the page to be so like exhilarating that whether I read it or perform it, I want when I perform, you know my style so good that when you read in my poetry, you are reading it in my voice. Nice. <laughs> so you can almost be in my head to get like what led him to this thought. Or I can imagine this person saying this with so much like speed or so like. Like, I can just hear it, you feel me? But I think that comes with you doing kind of like both. Whatever you write, performing it a lot. So when people read it, they know exactly what you meant by it. You know what I mean? Voice, Uh, yeah. But I think, I think, uh, I think the dopest poets know how to do both. Really? Okay. I thought about that. I think the dopest poets know how to do both because 
at the end of the day, if you could, like, I can write, I can write it down. But if nobody, if it's not spoken, it's a lot of books that sit on the show. <laughs> you know what I mean? True. And, and the voice is what gives power. You feel me? Like the Bible said, uh, in the beginning was the word. And the word was God and the word was with God. God. So when the word was spoken. Let there be light. Boom. And then it was light. So you can write, you can write some down. But if you don't put the, the, your voice is the essence of your character. It's your soul. If you don't put the living breath of God into the word, it don't do nothing. So I'm like, how to intentionally write vivid pictures and then communicate it into the ether where it's 5,000 people watching or 200 people because it said where two or more are gathered in the name of the most high and he is present. So how can I write these vivid pictures and then say it in a way that that's convincing that can live in the hearts of men because then the world will transform because now people are they're going to quote what you say. They may read it and may quote it, but if they heard it, they're going to be like, man, listen to this. Right. They're going to want to play it on repeat. They're going to want to watch the words and then the words just start taking form. And that's why we listen to music. You don't have a lot of people like, because if poetry in a written form was as, as popular, rap music wouldn't be what it is because they want to hear it. They want to hear it. It's a lot of people that read poetry, but you don't hear about no poet going four times platinum. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's not, it's, it, it, because the words that the artists put together, it or 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 scriptwriter or movie director, we want to see the words from the script. If it was just a script, we don't walk around reading movie scripts. Right. Not a lot of people walk around reading plays. There is a genre, there is an audience, but it's not as like popular oh. to the people who I'm trying to reach. It gotta be spoken. So it's like, all right, bro, I got to figure out how to paint those pictures vividly like a poet, but present it in a way like Tupac did or like Biggie or like whoever these people, whoever we listen to, I got to, I got to present it like that. And then I got to script it like, like a, um, a Spike Lee or, or John Singleton. I got to make the video, the visuals of it be so real to where it's like, wow. You know what I'm saying? Then I feel like poetry would be that that next thing. It'd be like, you know what I'm saying? It'd be a, a, a an award for, for poets at the BET Awards or the Hip Hop <laughs> Like, we don't got no, it don't get true. no popular awards for no poetry. That's true. I never thought about that. You're right. <laughs> you have awards? Where's our award at? We've been doing it this for a long be, time. Yeah, it wouldn't be no no rap music without poetry. You <laughs> see me? Without Muhammad Ali. There you go. All of that in the 60s, it wouldn't be no uh no rap. You know what I'm saying? That was poetry. But we don't got no awards for that. We don't, you don't see, you don't see poets doing big tours like like you know what I'm saying, like Lil Wayne and them. They don't do big, big tours like that where it's popularized and, and stuff like that. So you know what I'm saying? That's why I say like the dopest ones are able to do both. You feel me? Right. Write and perform in a way that, that make you believe what they saying. Most definitely. I mean, so since you basically brought it up, I mean, I know it's a cliche, but what's your what's your top five on rappers? <laughs> top five? 
<laughs> man, I, I listen to so I listen to so or musicians, either or top five rappers. I, I, I do a lot of top five. Um, I say as far as musicians, I say Bob Marley. Nice, um, uh, because I feel like. This was a man who wasn't the greatest singer, but he sung his from his soul. Uh, he wasn't the greatest like musician, but his music made you feel alive. You feel me? Uh, he wasn't the greatest songwriter, but his words were so simple and it, it was so beautiful and it it it, it cross uh, communicate. Overseer, yeah. yeah, like all different generations. Like you can go anywhere in the world and say Bob Marley, they gonna know who you talking about. Right, you know what I mean, um, when you talk when like he is synonymous with peace and love. When you say peace, love, Bob Marley, Jesus Christ, you know what I mean. Right. So it's like you can't get no bigger than that. So I say, I say Bob Marley, I say Lauren Hill, because nice. with just only a couple of albums, she has been able to communicate everything that we experience as black people from an emotional, from a um in an intellectual. And from like an ancestral perspective, like her lyrics and her songwriting, whether she wrote all of her music or not, she still had the soul and the essence to communicate it. And I don't feel like I feel like she do get credit, but I don't. Feel, I feel like you know what I mean. Her 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 reputation has been tainted a little bit. Right. And so, but when I listen to her lyrics, it's like, like wow, man, how like her whole first album was positive, yeah. without no cussing, no nothing, and she was able to like put on for dark skin, black, natural beauty in the time period when people wasn't doing that. So, you know what I mean? So I say, Bob, I say, Lauren, I say, um, dang, I had a few of them. I'm going to say, I'm going to say, uh, I'm going to say Kendrick Lamar just because he's, he's been able to, to do kind of like what I've been doing. Right. And I want to do on a larger scale, but just like come from a community and capture the essence of that community in a very artistic, poetic and raw way. Um, and so I say, Bob, Lauren, Kendrick. Uh, dang, I'm going to say I'm going to say Sam Cook. Oh, really? OK, because I was another brother that was able to communicate like a different side to our, our, our experience, even though it was a lot of love songs, but he got a couple of them joints that he sung. Like nobody knows the trouble I seen, even though that's not his song, but the way he sung that song, um, change gonna come and, and, um, darling, you send me. Yeah. (laughs) Represent like a certain style about how, how, who we are and what we are and just, so I, I appreciate that. And then my fifth one, um, who can I say? I don't even know. I'm I'm, I'm gonna say Pac, of course. Okay. Um, just because of the the intention, the amount of intention that he put into his lyrics, whether it was all real or not, I I'd be a liar to say that he didn't have an impact on on my psyche as a writer and as a performer. So I'm gonna say Pac. Okay, so we got Marley's, um, Lauren Hill, Sam Cooke, Pac, and um, oh, then Kendrick Lamar. Okay, yeah, most and, definitely. And all of them was was at to some point revolutionary. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, there you go. No yeah. man, just I mean, I was gonna say because I know Kendrick Lamar. You you and Kendrick Lamar almost have a relative 
um growing up growing because even because Mar, even though he's from he's from um Compton and that's a violent place too it has its own things you have you know Richmond has its own things too you kind of both excelled into a direction where people now like oh I I see him I see him I mean he got a poster pause but you know you you might get a poster <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying it's just be like just knowing like when I execute my ideas how I want to I already know People compare me to him now. Okay. And that, and that just give me that range of, I know where I'm at, but you compare me to Kendrick. You know what I'm saying? So I know as far as I can go and I can go even further because I do stuff with the kids. I'm in, I, I teach workshops. You know what I'm saying? I, I do, I do acting. I do playwrights. You feel me? I do so many other different things and just rap. Right. So I'm like, if you compare me to him and we know him mostly as a rapper, then I'm going to be like, you're going to be like, hey, he write movies, he directs, he acts, he do plays, he 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 in the schools, he teach, we, he actually teach workshops still, you know what I'm saying? So instead of just doing a, a tour for my album, I want to, when I touch down to a city, I want to come into the to the classrooms for real, for real, not just say kids stay in school, but I have an actual workshop that I want to teach, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah, so yeah, yeah. Most definitely. Yo, I know it's getting close to time. So, but I also want to point out we, um, my show also does a um, movie review, a poetry movie review. And we, we looked at Romeo's beating, gave it, gave it nine out of nine snaps. Just want to let you know, <laughs> but we were, yeah, just, even though it's a documentary and a lot of the things we do is a lot of movies that we, I, I recommended it that we check it out and stuff. And I ain't gonna lie. My, my reviewers, they were just like, geez, really is that kind of thing? So yeah. That kind of stuff. I mean, mm. I don't know if it's much changed, but I'm assuming not. I mean, things things go down gracefully and slowly. But I know that movie itself had a had a uh, that documentary itself had awakening. So yeah, I'm, I'm 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 glad that it's out. It's out and still being served out to people and stuff. Just like how Madea is being served out to people. So like that's what I'm saying. But yeah. no, man, good work on that one. Uh, yo. I know time's coming up and stuff, man. I'm I'm gonna get you. I'm getting you. I already ordered your book. I already ordered Coach Cassie. I'm waiting for it to come in and stuff. <laughs> and but no, nah, man, thanks for being on the show and stuff. Uh, for sure. I appreciate the opportunity. Most definitely. One thing always struck me up you when you said before is when I did I did my poem, uh, my um I did my poem, my poetry uh of um uh strawberry um, banana and also um work. You told me it's like I never thought of doing um, comedy in my poetry, and I was I thought that was interesting. So I never, I never thought about that lane. But then I see you now. You you're, you were doing comedy. I'm like, your lane's open. That's what I'm saying. I'm saying, man, your, your lane's open. Yo, you want to drop down your um social media where they can find you? Uh yeah. Um, Don Black. Um, on Instagram. Uh, D D O N B L A K. One word, Don Black. And uh, I'm on Facebook, just Dante Clark, D-O-N-T-E-C-L-A-R-K. And I have a LinkedIn. I ain't been on it in years. <laughs> um, I really don't even know how to use LinkedIn, but I, I want to learn how because that's where a lot of people who are in particular positions, you know, right. who are about their business. I need to tap in with them. So you can find me on LinkedIn, Dante Clark. And those are the only two things that I be on. Most definitely. Everyone, Dante Clark, 
man, keep on striving. I'm going to keep watching you and stuff. Hopefully I'm come out there and check you out. See how you've been doing stuff. We can, we can mash up and all that. Okay. <laughs> for sure. For sure. I'm working on my, uh, my third book right now. I got okay. um, a couple of them I want to release in a couple of months, but one of them is, is done. I just have to, you know, get it, get it sent to, sent to the printer and everything like that. So yeah, man. Uh, whenever I have something, I, I keep you posting and you do the same. Most definitely. All right, man. You take care. All right. <laughs>